This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Vegas Golden Knights could win the Stanley Cup at home tonight. The team's only been around for like five years. How does that make you feel as a Leaf fan, Jim? <laughs> rigged. <laughs> rigged. Must be rigged. What's the vibe like in Las Vegas? Let's find out from our friend Brent Fitz. He is uh, one of the great rock and roll drummers on this planet. He's performed with the Guess Who, Alice Cooper, Vince Neil. He's the drummer for the Conspirators, Slash's band. And uh, we appreciate you getting up for us here, Brent, because I know you're up late last night for a nice dinner. How'd it go? I um, went with Eddie Trunk, a fellow radio personality. We were catching up about uh, music. We were actually talking a lot of hockey. Uh, surprising. He's a Rangers fan because he's East Coast. and uh, But it's kind of the, the topical thing is everybody in town. If you're in town, you're like, God, it'd be great to go to that game. And uh, Eddie um, and I were talking last night because we're all – everyone's asking somebody – who knows somebody like, are you going to the game or do you have access to tickets? And it's literally, you know, if you have access to tickets, your, your starting prices are pretty high. That's, that's a given for a Stanley cup final game. And assuming, cause the cup will be in the building and it'll, can't just assume I'm a realist. Like there could be another game after this, but most people are going blow the money and go, okay, I want to see the cup in the building, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, pretty impressive considering all the entertainment that you could possibly see in Las Vegas. This is the hottest ticket in town. Yeah, the Golden Knights rises to the top. (laughs) Well, in your face, Celine Dion. (laughs) Celine's gone, I think. So let me just back up, guys, because I've been here over 20 years as a Winnipegger living in Las Vegas. And you know, loving and supporting my Winnipeg Jets since the 70s and how heartbreaking it is and hard to be a Winnipeg Jets fan. I mean, hard when your team is not winning cups and, you know, has struggled over the years and has come close a few times. I mean, that first year in 17 when the Knights were, you know, doing amazing first year, I went to all the games. I went to the the preseason games. I went to the very first home opener and you just felt well. I saw you and Gene Simmons at one of the games, which is why I started texting you, Brent. <laughs> I was like, "Are you with Gene <laughs> Simmons too. at the hockey game?" <laughs> I know. There, there's been some highs and highs and, and more highs just going to these these Vegas games. But I just want to tell you that the the early backstory is that I was there from day one. You don't take this for granted. Like you realize how remarkable it is that over the past five years, the Vegas Golden Knights have continued to perform well and go deep into the playoffs. Gentlemen, you're asking a Winnipegger. Now here's my disclaimer and here's my, I'm going to brag for, for more reasons than when we talk about Vegas in hockey, let's be specific that what's going on on the ice right now is the highest percentage of Winnipeg or Manitoba, at least born players ever on a team there's like other than uh one of the players who's injured um nolan patrick but four guys on the ice from a couple guys from my neighborhood in winnipeg mark stone <laughs> captain mark stone keegan colasar zach whitecloud um and brett howden so just on the ice a whole lot of winnipeg okay and then the the, the front offices uh kelly mccrimmon is the gm he's former uh, owner of the brandon wheat kings basically the, I will say it here. The Vegas Golden Knights are the Brandon Wheat Kings. Because <laughs> so many players have played on Brandon that are now, like that's where Ryan Reeves came from back in the day in the early, you yeah. know, all the players from the first season. So, and the the TV broadcast team, um, Darren Millard is from Brandon. 
uh, Shane Knighty is from Nipawa, Manitoba. Um, it just kind of goes on and on through the system. So I'm a little bit biased because I go, there's a lot of prairie people, a lot of Canadians, a lot of dudes from my neighborhood just really proving how great the team is. And it's, so, yeah, and I, I live in Vegas, and I go, yeah, it's a Vegas team, but it's really about a bunch of people back home for me that are really doing well. So, anyway, that's my disclaimer is it's a real great prairie-based specifically in Manitoba hockey team. Do you think those Winnipeg boys are motivated by uh, the free lap dances for life uh, at Larry Flint's Hustler Club if they win? <laughs> Did you Is see? that what happened? Larry Flint put his club yeah. put out uh, sure. a thing saying if they win yeah. the cup, they get free lap dances for life. Look, we know what Vegas has, and, and there's the talk here for years was that the teams coming in from out of town get Vegas fever. And that was some of the, well, that's why the Vegas team's winning is because the teams come in from out of town and they go crazy. Uh, and then they're, you know, missing bus call and missing ice time. Everything. Well, I was in Vegas, Vegas and Phil Kessel was sitting next to me at the roulette table. Remember, Jim, I told you that. Yeah, yeah. And Boston and Vegas had just played that night. So you want to get yeah. them in the day before, I guess. Give them the lap dances. I can't make any excuses for Vegas. It is what it is. Unfortunately, a guy, a musician, myself, who's, been around the planet with some amazing artists and and done some incredible things myself but i don't drink smoke gamble do drugs or anything like what the hell is brent doing in vegas <laughs> like the worst Las Vegas you could ask for talking uh, about the vegas golden knights because fitz lives in vegas but originally he's from winnipeg so you're not just a hockey fan you got to be a fan of the cfl too of course i love my bombers by the way i'm playing friday this coming friday in regina with my Bombers and uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I think it's season opener. Well, you're not so, playing uh, football. You're playing drums. And who are, who are you playing, playing with? Well, I'm playing with uh, a, little, a little legend, a little Canadian legend, an Ontario legend, Mr. Kim Mitchell. Oh, <laughs> we love him. The wild party himself. Don't we? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. Look, I'm, I'm the biggest. Uh, it's so funny. I've lived in the United States for, geez, 30-some years or something. Mid-90s, I moved down here. You don't get a more proud Canadian than someone who doesn't actually live there. My heart is always there and always will be, especially in Winnipeg. But, and I go there all the time. But there is nothing more Canadian than an out-of-towner that comes, get, gets to come home and play a CFL game with the legendary Kim Mitchell. <laughs> Blue Bombers had the Ticats number on Friday night with the season opener there. No comment. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd like a rematch of 2021. Wouldn't it be nice to have another Hamilton Grey Cup, Blue Bombers versus Ticats with a different result this time around? Um, Well, yeah. For For us, yeah. For us. (laughs) For you, yeah. For Fitzy, not so much. I went and I played with my other band, Took, which is my most Canadian supergroup band of all time by the way if i have to mention that which is a bunch of win- a bunch of prairie guys who we all live in the states now and we have celebrated all the great music we grew up on and our band took is a basically a, a set list and celebration of everything from kim mitchell lover boy i guess who harlequin street honeymoon suite on and on and on and uh we've been playing all the the gray cups for years. So I've been at the, those last two championship games for the Bombers. I was at the one when they lost last year to Toronto. That hurt. And, uh, oh, yeah. So it's Duke. funny because I'm such a Bombers fan. It's just great. Maybe we'll play 
Maybe we'll play the Grey Cup this year, gentlemen. Who yeah, knows? We'll see you there for sure. Jim Jim worked on a song. It's called Argos Suck. I think, you know, one thing that uh, Blue Bombers fans and Ticats fans can't agree on is Argos Suck. So Jim Jim will join you on stage and yep. sing that one if you uh, do end up in Hamilton for the Grey Cup. It's just a thing, guys. Like, I got to say, Hamilton is cool. It's a cool town. It is. And Winnipeg and Hamilton are, uh, I would give them that similar, like, we're, we're the smaller city, and there's a lot of great things. And I'm, I have to cheerlead some of the, the music stuff that comes out of Hamilton, too. But I've always, you know, every time I'm in Hamilton, um, I just, and, and lately, uh, when was the last time I was there? It's been a little bit. But I did do, like, a fill-in with the Monster Truck guys. Well, I remember um, I was staying downtown, and I was like, the downtown streets, like, there was, like, like kind of bougie coffee shops and stuff showing up. And it was kind of, you know, it's like a whole gentrified, it's like a little hipster town now. Am I right? A little bit, it's yeah. It's getting there for sure. Yeah. In a good but, way. Uh, I, I mean, the Ticats are, you know, again, just, yes, Toronto Argonauts, nope. <laughs> Leaf, uh, guys, I'm going to go there. Leaf for me, nope. Oh, no. Oh, no, <laughs> Brent. Well, what do you expect? Now we got a problem. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. All right, Fitz. I, I hope it happens. And we would love to see, too. For sure, let us know if you're going to be uh, up at the Grey Cup. We're going to be watching for you as well behind the kit with Kim Mitchell on the uh, broadcast for the CFL on Friday, too. And uh, I heard they might be. Yep, they might have the footage on TV. That's what I was told. So that would be great. And maybe we'll see you at the Vegas Golden Knights game, depending on whether or not you can find a ticket in the next couple hours. I'm working on it. <laughs> Come on, see you, Gene. See you, Brent Fitz. Hey, Gene, are you listening? <laughs> Thanks, Brent. Hey, That's great. great, buddy. That's awesome, gentlemen. Love you both. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, hey, hope, hopefully all of Canada can somehow get back back the nights in, in some way because we don't have a canadian team in the running but you really got a bunch of winnipeggers on on the night so i yeah. think that's a pretty good reason to cheer for this is the taz and jim podcast so they're saying because we had uh heat wave early in the season that uh, mosquitoes have been hatching more than usual so if you've noticed more mosquitoes out there you're not the only one we're asking for tips for keeping those little buggers away what do you do to get rid of mosquitoes. Thermacell. Thermacell. What's that? So I, I can't remember the company that makes them, but they basically use a little butane canister and little patches. And it, it almost like the old school citronella, like incense, right? But you don't smell anything. There's no smell to it. And it creates a barrier. You can get little personal ones that are around you, or you can get bigger ones that'll like work for your whole deck. Okay. And, and they do work. Oh, 100%. We, we have a lot of cedar hedges in our backyard. Yeah. And they're like breeding grounds for mosquitoes. As soon as we put that thermosol on, you can almost see them like stay away for as far as it reaches. It's like a barrier. Interesting. Yeah, we just got a, a new one that you can attach it to the post of like your pergola and that. But we've always had a little personal one that we set on the coffee table or whatever if we're sitting outside. I always feel it takes like a year or two. Now, I have no science to back this up, but I feel like the mosquitoes or insects evolve very quickly and then it no longer works anymore. Like deep woods off used to work amazing when I was a kid. And now for some reason, it doesn't do anything. They've become immune. Yes, they, they've, the DDT no longer gets them. They've grown out of it. 
I think that's also our memory, though, Jim, because I remember as a kid never getting cold. Like, you know, I, I could wear shorts in the winter. Now sure. I'm freezing if it's like... You remember the good times, never right? tired, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have no science to back this up as Jim's middle name, by the way. <laughs> but am I wrong? You know, some 40% of the time I'm right. I just can't prove it. 40% it, it of the time he's people. right, but he has no science to back that yeah, up. No. <laughs> Taz and Jim, we're talking about how to deal with the increased number of mosquitoes that could be out there because of the early heat we got this uh, this season. What do you do to get the mosquitoes gone? Hey, how's it going, fellas? Good. Good. Who's this? This is Tony the Tiger. It's going great here. Tony the Tiger. Yeah, what? it's Jake, Jake and Piper from Newberry. So my dog, Piper, I give her every – it's a, a flea tick – and uh, mosquito dog treats called Next Guard. And uh, supposedly, well, it works, man. The dog eats this treat reluctantly. I got to grind it up now for her and her food and stuff, wrap it with bacon, and she loves it. But yeah. so a tick, I don't know, you guys aren't aware of it? No, no. no. What does it do? Okay, so. So yeah, they uh, eat it, and then the mosquitoes stay away? Well, it's, it's not like an insecticide, like the juice that they put on. I used to do that, uh, and that's just wrong, my vet said. And this is a prescription uh, from my veterinarian, and his name's also Jacob. But anyway, he uh, – <laughs> I'm not making it up. Yeah, I, I, we believe you. Yeah. It's just an odd detail that you added to the story there. Uh, so Jacob, the veterinarian, gave you this stuff for the dog. Is there a human version? Like is there a treat oh. that we could eat? That keeps mosquitoes away? Hey, Taz, great minds think alike. That's where I was going. Or is it fools seldom differ that better applies here? Because I've seriously considered, and my buddy, and his, like, he gets the same Atlas and Luke, the dog and my neighbor. I, we've discussed this. And, like, it even says on the package in the fine print, like, not tested on humans. But I'll be a guinea pig. Like, <laughs> so it, it, it actually, my understanding is when the tick, uh, let's say bug bites the treated dog it uh dehydrates and dies okay yeah. so it actually I mean, kills the bugs as they feed on you that's kind of cool yeah. so, side like effects said, may include sniffing other people's butts though i don't know if uh... <laughs> thanks for the call we gotta go all right have a good day boys bye and let us know if you start popping those, and we don't recommend it. <laughs> but if you start eating those dog treats, let us know if it works, Jacob. Uh, Jim, you, uh, you're you a little offended there that yeah. I said your middle name is I have no si- science to back this up. Well, you know what? You did some My research. My gut is right once again from the CDC. Over time and, repeated, and over-repeated use, insecticide resistance occurs in mosquito populations insecticide resistance is an overall reduction in the ability of insecticide to kill mosquitoes boom mosquitomagnet.com are mosquitoes immune to bug spray yes mosquitoes are evolving into superbugs that can resist any killing spray see if you look this stuff up before you no, open your mouth then your last your middle name will not be i have no science to back this up because you will have nah, science to back it up that's not impressive because you just sometimes you just <laughs> observe something and you go something's not right here And then, boom, you're right. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. 76-year-old Pat Sajak is retiring. He made it official on 
social media yesterday, which is impressive, just that he's 76 and he knows how to use social media. <laughs> he says uh, that this upcoming season will be his last as the wow. host of Wheel of Fortune. What a run, man. 40-plus years, I think. 41st season. He's another guy who always looked 50 and continued to look the same age, basically. He still looks great. He looks awesome. It's just he's always looked the same my entire life. I used to watch Wheel of Fortune with my granny. We'd, I'd go over to the uh, the home she was living in, and we'd watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, and her favorite thing to do was speculate as to whether or not Pat Sajak was wearing a toupee. That's not his real hair. Well, the hairline hasn't budged in 40 years. That's not his real hair. Mm. And he apparently it is his real hair, though, because he uh, did an April Fool's prank one year where he took his wig off and he was bald underneath. Oh, yeah. That, it looks natural to me. You can tell if a guy will put his hair up at the front because yeah. then you can see the roots of where it's at. But if it, the bangs are down, then I get suspicious. Pat Sajak always kind of had the, the yeah. feathered uh, the bangs, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he, no he's, he's crushing it. I think it's his real hair, and he wants to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's his the time co- he's got left? Vanna the, White. Vanna White. Is she going to keep going? Not sure. Nothing's huh. come out, but she's a decade younger, so she's yeah. 66. And speaking of still looking great, she's uh, still got it, obviously. Because Wheel of Fortune is one of those shows that will go forever. As long as yeah. there's cable television, Wheel of Fortune will be on it, you would think. Vanna gets her steps in every day, though, eh? <laughs> in the heels too walking from the side of the board over to the letter (laughs) turning it around oh it's a good workout especially during common phrases damn she's all (laughs) over that board pat sajak says it's been a wonderful ride and i'll have more to say in coming months many thanks to you all if nothing else i'll keep the clickbait sites busy pat has been the host of the syndicated version of wheel of fortune since it debuted in 1983 no word on a replacement quite yet. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. 76-year-old Pat Sajak is retiring. He made it official on social media yesterday, which is impressive, just that he's 76 and he knows how to use social media. <laughs> he says uh, that this upcoming season will be his last as the wow. host of Wheel of Fortune. What a run, man. 40-plus years, I think. 41st season. He's another guy who always looked 50. And continue to look the same age, basically. He still looks great. He looks awesome. It's just he's always looked the same my entire life. I used to watch Wheel of Fortune with my granny. We'd, I'd go over to the uh, the home she was living in, and we'd watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, and her favorite thing to do was speculate as to whether or not Pat Sajak was wearing a toupee. That's not his real hair. Well, the hairline hasn't budged in 40 years. That's not his real hair. Mm. And he apparently it is his real hair, though, because he uh, did an April Fool's prank one year where he took his wig off and he was bald underneath. Oh, yeah. That it looks natural to me. You can tell if a guy will put his hair up at the front. Because yeah. then you can see the roots of where it's at. But if it, the bangs are down, then I get suspicious. Pat Sajak always kind of had the, the yeah. feathered... 
uh, the bangs, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he no, he's he's crushing it. I think it's his real hair, and he wants to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's his the time? Co- he's got left. Vanna the, White. Vanna White. Is she gonna keep going? Not sure. Nothing's huh. come out, but she's a decade younger, so she's yeah. sixty-six. And speaking of still looking great, she's uh, still got it, obviously. Because Wheel of Fortune is one of those shows that will go forever as long as yeah. there's cable television. Wheel of Fortune will be on it. You would think. Vanna gets her steps in every day, though, eh? <laughs> in the heels too. Yeah, walking yeah. from the side of the board over to the letter, <laughs> turning it around. Oh, it's a yeah. good workout. Especially during common phrases. Damn, she's all <laughs> over that board. Pat Sajak says, it's been a wonderful ride, and I'll have more to say in coming months. Many thanks to you all. If nothing else, I'll keep the clickbait sites busy. Pat has been the host of the syndicated version of Wheel of Fortune since it debuted in 1983. No word on a replacement quite yet. Are you brave enough to let me see your peacock? Sports time with our sports guy, Devin Peacock. We've got some new NBA champions, Dev. Three punters will go. For the first time ever, the Denver Nuggets have won the NBA title. One of the cool things about the NBA is when you win a title, there's a little tag at the back of your jersey where if your franchise has won the title, it's gold forever. If it's not, it's white. So forever on, the Denver Nuggets little tag at the back on their jersey will be gold, just like the Toronto Raptors is now gold after they won in 2019. Hmm. Really outs the teams that haven't won. Yeah. It makes them feel like crap. A little <laughs> elitist, I would say. Huh. Of course, up in this part of the world, we're super pumped for Jamal Murray, Kitchener-Waterloo native. He uh, did not shoot great last night, but almost had a triple-double. Like He and Nikola Jokic have been the driving force for the Denver Nuggets. The win itself was a kind of a gritty win for Denver. They were fighting a foul trouble in the first half. They didn't shoot particularly well the entire game, but they were able to pull it together in the second half in particular. Jamal Murray had 14 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, so he almost had that triple-double. Uh, Nikola Jokic almost had a triple-double himself. He had more points and rebounds. He was the MVP of the entire series, as he should have been. But Jamal Murray was absolutely integral to this win for the Nuggets. Let's listen to Jokic being named MVP here. This is the first... Finals MVP trophy that we're giving out since Bill Russell's passing. And he'd be incredibly pleased. It's another center. This year's Bill Russell Finals MVP goes to Nikola Jokic. That's great. The crowd's loving it. Jokic is, I think... One of the, f- the funniest guys in the entire NBA in terms of how he carries himself. Like, everyone seems to like him. He's a two-time regular season MVP. Now he's got a uh, playoff MVP. I don't know if he's the best player in the NBA right now, but he might go down as one of the top three centers of all time. Like, the things he's doing with passing in terms of scoring and everything, he is just 
Like it's it's hard to say too much about him because he is that good. He's he's almost revolutionizing the game with a few things. Uh, uh, players for sure have done it in the past, but his touch passes where he doesn't even control the ball, he just like almost like a volleyball player taps it to another guy. It's been done before, but he does it every game consistently. I don't know if Raptors fans remember Mark Gasol when he was with the Raptors. Like he he had that sort of sense where he could just have that basketball sense where he sees a guy cutting and says like it's like bing, bing. redirects it redirects almost, it. Yeah. Yoke is like that, but on a whole nother level, he is just so, so good. Raptors are going to announce they have a new head coach today as well, Dev. Darko Rajakovic. He is uh, 44 years old, has been coaching since he was 16 Whoa. years old. Bit of a Doogie Hauser. Got a Doogie coach for doogie, the Raptors. Doogie Darko. Hmm. He uh, comes uh, highly recommended. He's a guy who develops players, which the Raptors were once known for, kind of got away from in the past couple of years with Nick Nurse. So with his hiring, they're kind of getting back to the roots of what the Raptors really love to do. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Sad news. Treat Williams has passed away. Maybe a face you recognize. You may not know the name, but he was an actor who was on some big TV shows like Blue Bloods, Chicago Fire, and he was also in some great movies back in, like, the 80s and 90s. I know, Jim, you've been on a bit of a uh, renaissance when it comes to watching old, cheesy action movies. Oh, yeah. Love it, huh? Yeah, for sure. Treat Williams was in, in some good ones. He uh, he died in a motorcycle accident. His rep says he was cut off by a car as he was making a turn. Dang. Yeah, sad. 71 years old. He did have a, a, a good run. But if you're looking to honor Treat Williams, I'm going to give you two recommendations here. <laughs> okay. Okay? First one is called Deep Rising. Have you ever seen Deep Rising? No, never heard of it. <laughs> Treat Williams. The cover of the VHS was Treat Williams on a uh, a, a sea do. He looks so cool on his sea do, escaping from something. There's a giant cruise ship, and he and his ragtag team of mercenaries answers a distress call. Welcome to the greatest pleasure ship ever built. Good times forever! <laughs> you know things aren't go- going to yeah, go yeah. well when you make a toast at the start of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Good times forever! Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Welcome to the greatest pleasure ship ever built. Good times forever! Something here, sir. I've never seen anything like this. It's a malfunction, sir. That's impossible. Where are they coming from? I don't know, sir, but whatever it is, it's uh, big. Deep Rising. Deep Rising, recommendation number one. You're looking for a good treat, Williams movie. There's something on that ship, Jim. Why uh, is it? Can we, are you? Is it a spoiler to say what it is? Well, it's a monster. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought it might be zombies. No, no. But if you, if you do, you like zombies? I do. Yes. Okay. Well, let's go to recommendation number two. Treat Williams. Late '80s. Everyone's making buddy cop movies. Sure. But you got to find a way to make them stand out, right? Yeah, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop, been done. Yeah, 48 hours. Yeah. Done. But, you know, you had Eddie Murphy in 48 hours. You do need a, uh, a, uh, a sidekick from Saturday Night Live. Remember Joe Piscopo? 
Barely. <laughs> Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams starring in the movie Dead Heat about a cop who becomes a zombie. <laughs> Detective Roger Mortis <laughs> has a problem. He's dead. But Detective Bigelow is bringing him back alive. Treat Williams. Sit down. And Joe Piscopo are dead heat. You can't keep a good cop dead. Oh, yeah, there's a tagline. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's more of a uh, like a Frankenstein than a zombie, but still, he's back from the dead. It's one of those movies I can't tell if it's supposed to be a comedy <laughs> or it's supposed to be serious, yeah. you know, but it's hilarious. The thing they're missing is the both the cops before he dies in the bar going, we're going to live forever. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Good times forever. Taking a look at sports, Devin Peacock is here. Is Vegas going to win the Stanley Cup tonight, Dev? I think they are. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have uh, been the antidote to the uh, Florida Panthers so far in this series. Uh, when you kind of look at it, it's kind of interesting when you can look at a, a bunch of games, like some trends develop, and Vegas does ha- play a physical brand of hockey, which Florida does as well. But their defense is a little bit bigger, a little bit more physical, and they're able to keep some of those uh, Florida forwards to the outsides a little bit. Uh, Matthew Kachuk has not been as effective in this series. Alexander Barkov has not been really effective in this series. So the uh, Vegas Golden Knights have kind of channeled, you know, uh, the, the St. Louis Blues from a couple of years ago. They've done what the Tampa Bay Lightning have uh, done very well the past couple of years, which is play a physical brand of hockey, particularly from their defense out. And so I don't think the Florida Panthers are going to be able to crack this nut. Vegas is going to win tonight. Hmm, that sucks. I put a bunch of money down on Florida just to win one more game. I have them winning the series too, which you have Vegas winning the series. I have no, sorry, Florida? I have Florida parlayed with the Nuggets. Oh. So I got so I'm the up Nuggets one. came in last night. Yeah, and it's crazy because I put down I think on that one twenty bucks and it pays like eighty something to win that one. Oh, but then yeah. I also retirement just retirement time. But I I put eighty dollars <laughs> on Florida to win tonight, and because there's a huge payout, I think they can win one more. I I'll win like two hundred bucks if they if they win oh. tonight. Like to but win it's your, in Vegas. For your, for your sake, I got I'm I got not, antsy. I'm not too confident. I would say if Vegas is gonna win it, win it at home. Yeah. But winning it at home in a game seven would be nice, too. Yeah, yeah, that would be the move. Vegas, I mean, they're not going to want to go game seven. Like if, if, like, So if, if they get to game seven, then you get, like, Boston vibes from round one because this is mm-hmm. where this all started for Florida, right? They were down 3-1 against the Bruins. Then they started their comeback. But Bobrovsky has not been the same this entire series. I don't feel strong about the Panthers. Sticking with hockey, got to ask you about this one. Uh, the... Pickering Casino developer is out of trying to buy the Ottawa Senators, which means the owner of the Hamilton Bulldogs is now the front runner to buy the Sens. There you go. Uh, this is like he has been like quiet throughout this entire process. And you mentioned it a couple weeks ago. You said he is the front runner because he's not flapping his mouth, getting all celebrities on board saying they want to be a part of the uh, the team. He's just being quiet, sticking to business. Would this be a good thing or a bad thing for the Hamilton Bulldogs, though? Because 
you'd think once you have an NHL team, you're not as interested in your OHL team. But he already has a piece of the Habs, doesn't he? He has a piece of the Habs. So, but I think that is in his favor for the NHL here to buy the Senators because he's a known quantity. They know he has money. And also, their setup is very simple, right? It's not like the one from L.A. has like 35 people involved. That's confusing. The, the old one with Ryan Reynolds was a bit more straightforward. But these guys, it's like, okay, we know who the owners are. There's not like a million people uh, trying to make decisions here. In terms of owning an OHL team, I mean, technically the Toronto Maple Leafs own the, you know, uh, the Marlies, that's AHL versus OHL. So I don't think it's that big of an issue. That probably comes down to more where do the Bulldogs end up? Like, and what, what's better for the Bulldogs? Is it Brantford? It might actually be Brant- Brantford as opposed to Hamilton. I know Hamilton fans don't want to hear that. But- well, you know what Hamilton fans would like to hear? That this guy's going to buy the Ottawa Senators and then move the team oh. to Hamilton once the Renos are done at First Ontario Center. Hey, now. Is there any chance of that ever happening? I don't think so. I think the the NHL has taken way too long for this entire process to play out, so they're going to want to keep the Ottawa Senators in Ottawa. I would be shocked if they moved anywhere, even to Hamilton. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. We've got an update on professional golfer Adam Hadwin getting tackled by security at the Canadian Open on the weekend. We're storming the 18th green now. They just tackled Adam Hadwin, by the way, who was trying to approach his friend. Security did, not knowing that's exactly who it was. But Canada has a conquering hero. <laughs> Nick Taylor sinking that long putt. Everyone was freaking out, and Hadwin got a little carried away with a bottle of champagne, spraying it all over the green. One of my buddies asked me yesterday, will people remember the putt, or will they remember Adam Hadwin getting tackled? For sure, the putt. I mean, the tackle things, I think after today we can move on from that. Yeah, because they kind of shook hands and moved on quickly, so yeah, I think the story kind of The security guard apo- was apologized yeah. to by Hadwin because he understood he was wearing street clothes how the mistake could be made. Mackenzie Hughes, another pro golfer, posted a picture of Adam Hadwin on an airplane <laughs> with the uh, with the text, Update, he's alive, <laughs> laughing emoji. Hadwin's got a big smile on his face, given the peace sign. <laughs> another funny tweet here. Um, one of the guys who is, was an official on the course picked up the champagne bottle. And he posted, this is the bottle. It's going into the Canadian Golf Hall of Fame, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, I like seeing this. I wonder if they do this every Canadian Open, and it just worked out this time. Because it was 69 years since a Canadian last won the Canadian Open. Um, but it was revealed that one of the ground uh, staff was putting toonies under the cups. Well, just just eighteen, just eighteen, just hole eighteen, yeah. Which is the one he sunk the eagle putt. Taylor sunk the eagle putt on to win the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. The guy's name's Thomas Byrne, and he works at that golf course. Apparently, tuning in the cup on eighteen for good luck, and it looks like it's glued to the bottom of the cup, and then yeah, put down into the hole. Because you see a lot of times in the ice at the center ice, they'll put a tuning yeah. under the ice. Golden goal, man. Yeah, why not? Uh, 
It was apparently just mayhem, though, when that putt went in. People were all, you know, to security's credit here, people were trying to rush the green from the stands. And we have a Taz and Jim listener who was there who said that he saw some guy seriously injure himself. This is from Randy Meyer. He says, I was between the ropes at the RBC Open. One fan went running after Nick, sunk sunk that 72-foot putt, slipped, and broke his leg. That was around the same time Hadwin got smoked by security. So everybody's running on the uh, on the green. Now, they maybe should look into that because it's like the most pathetic. He says he's behind the ropes, but like it's the most pathetic roped off area. It's like a two foot yeah. stake in the ground. The barrier at a high. golf tournament yeah. is very penetrable. Very much so. It's not like <laughs> glass and hockey. You know, you have to climb six feet over the boards. Even though they did have the one hole at the open this year set up with hockey boards for fans. Did you see that? No, I didn't see yeah, that. On yeah, the, on the tee blocks, it was surrounded by hockey boards and bar tables for the fans to sit there wow. and smack the boards as the guys teed off. That's it's hilarious. pretty cool. Maybe they need to do that all over the course. Yeah. If it prevents broken legs and pro golfers from getting tackled, <laughs> we might have to look into it.